welcome back to Spiritual Sticky Notes. I'm so excited that you took the time to join me today, and I really hope that you are blessed by what I'm going to share. As always, I tell you, I'm not a preacher. I'm just me, and I'm just trying to share the things that God has given me throughout the week. Um, This week, I'm going to share the Christian to-do list. I think we all have crazy to-do lists. We always have things to do, but what is God telling us to do in this season? So today, I hope you hear something that you can take and use throughout the rest of the week. And uh, without further ado, this is your Christian to-do list. So this week, my study has been all over the place and I have been in every chapter. I've been in the gospels, you know, the letters, you know, wherever you can think of, I've probably been. And somehow I ended up in first Thessalonians and first Peter. And I'm just going to talk about some of the things that I gathered from my study time in those. So I realized that Thessalonians is just letters, right? It's a letter to a group of people. They were new believers. And I remember that when I was reading, I read something in my study Bible to the likes of, you know, Paul was trying to figure out what to say to new believers who didn't know what to do. They had given up. They're just like, we're being persecuted. We're going through and you're just, you're not here. You've left us. And I'm just like, man, how many times do we feel like that? Like, God, I believe in you. Like I am on fire for you, but things are just not working out the way that I wanted them to work out. And it happens more often than we realize. And I was like, well, Paul made it very clear what he felt like we should do. So um, I made this list and we can go through the list. And I remember I used to work at a school and the assistant principal used to always look at me and she used to say, some things are just non-negotiable, right? And she said, you have to know what your non-negotiables are. Like when you go into a situation, when you go into a room, these are my non-negotiables, what will and won't happen and what must happen in order for us to be successful. And Paul gives us this long list of non-negotiables. And some of them we think are just like easy. But when we sit back and think there, there's something we have to be conscious about every day. So I'm going to list them and then we'll talk about it. So one of them was warn those who aren't moving in alignment with God. So P.S. This comes from 1 Thessalonians 5. Um, verse 14 through 18. And I am not reading directly from it. So make sure you go back and read it. These are my own interpretations. This is what God told me to do. So don't go back and say, well, that's not what the word says. I understand this is what God is saying to me. And I really hope that that you hear that God is not just speaking to me in this season, but he's speaking to others through me. And I, I'm blessed for that opportunity, but also it's, it's a pretty heavy weight. So these are the things that he gave me. Um, Again, warn those who are not moving in alignment with God. So in other words, there are some people who you know, you're friends with them. You're just like, honey, this ain't it. This is not the life God has for you. And a lot of times we don't tell them because we're like, they know better. They're just not walking. But it's we're in a time where we just have to be be straightforward with people and not in a way where we hurt and not in a place where we're not welcome. You know, God wants us to warn people, but he wants us to do it in a way that is loving and compassionate. We're not supposed to be running up to people and just be like, you're a sinner, honey, point the finger. Um, back at you. 
but he wants us to when we're in those safe places with those people who who confide in us and who talk to us he wants us to spend time saying hey guy you may want to consider that and you know he wants you to be around people who are willing to say um you need to fix that amanda okay you need to fix it and I'm so grateful that I have a group of people that are like, no, Amanda, don't go. No, Amanda, don't do that. They, they're in, so in tune with God that they give me warnings. They give me clear instructions when I'm not ready to hear. And I'm grateful for that because it puts me in a place where even when I'm not 100% where I need to be, I'm always quickly realigned because I have a support system around me. Um, The other one is encourage those who are timid. Like there's a lot of people who just won't walk in what God has already called them to. And I'm sure my people are listening to this and they're like, honey, I've been trying to tell you, um, you should be walking in this. And friends, I'm aware I I'm just doing it in God's time. So don't be mad. Um, but we have to encourage people in a way that's healthy. You know, if you know that they're not ready give them the resources, give them the support, but don't push them to a place where they're, they're no longer feel safe and not safe where they're comfortable, but safe in God's hands. If they don't feel like God is, is with them in that moment, then, then we got to take a step back and reassure them of the promises of God before we push them into a place where they're not ready to, you know, prosper. Like, let's not do that. Um, be patient with everyone. Whew. Wow. I circled everyone, put everyone in capital letters. And when you go back and read it, it makes it very clear. Everyone is who we're supposed to be patient with. Not just the people we like, not just the people we're close to, not just our click at work. We're supposed to be patient even with the person who drives you crazy. And as a Christian, that can be difficult sometimes. There are times when I question, God, are you sure? I can't handle this much longer, but he has a plan and your patience is just a reflection of God's um, love and compassion on your life. So if we can't be patient, that means we don't understand how patient God is with us. God is so compassionate. He waits for us. I mean, God has been calling us to things for years. He's been asking us to walk away from situations. He's been asking us to move forward in things. He's been telling us this is your season for six seasons. And we we get mad when a new year comes because our season hasn't prospered, but we haven't taken the steps where we realize that God has already told us what to do. And he's just like, Lord, I don't know what's wrong with that girl. I done told her, I sent her smoke signals. I spoke to her in prayer time. I sent her six prophets and she's still not moving, but he's so patient. He, he doesn't worry. He doesn't stress. He just waits. So if he can wait on us, why can't we wait on other people? The next one is speak of forgiveness, not retaliation. A lot of people get upset when we've been persecuted. And and for me, like I was preparing, I was ready up in arms, y'all. I had my signs ready. I was on my way to the protest and I was just upset. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I've never been one to fight. I've been fighting all, hiding all my life. I've never been one to fight, but this is my moment. Okay. I'm going out there. They can just see me and find me. And guess what? About 30 minutes. Before the protest, 
There was no need to protest anywhere because they had fixed it. Now, I don't I don't think people understand the correlation between that and forgiveness. But when you realize I was trying to make people pay for what they did wrong rather than just forgive and just be like, God, it's going to be all right. Now, don't get me wrong. I had fasted and I had prayed for weeks. I had turned over my plate. I wouldn't drinking. I wouldn't eating. My husband was looking at me like I was crazy. And I was just like, God, it's going to do it. He's going to do it. And I have been so compassionate. But I had gotten to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to fast and fight at this point. And while I was probably in a good place and he would have taken care of me, he wanted me to seek a position where I could forgive the people who had done wrong. And there were still people, despite some of the things that took place, they weren't all fixed. Despite that, people still went out and protested. And God was like, no, stay home. God God said, sit here and, and rest in knowing that I am taking care of you. And when he does that, When he does that, he has a way of just shifting a spirit of peace. Like when we seek to say, you know what, God, I forgive that person. They did something wrong and I cannot spend the rest of my days worrying about what somebody else did wrong when I did something just as bad on Tuesday. Okay. So he says, try to do good to all people. Now, try is in the Bible. It is it's clear. It's written in that scripture. And that blew my mind because the... The idea of try, like I remember getting in trouble for saying, well, I'm trying to, I'm fitting to, because there was no assurity that it would be done. And I think I came to the realization that even Paul understood that we will fall short of, you know, being good to people, you know, and it won't be purposeful. It's, it's just our, our natural flesh, like selfish ways, but we still have to try to pursue good in all things that we do. Even if that means being transparently unwilling, like if you know, you're in a situation where you just don't want to do this and you trying to do it is just making you antagonize over something. And you've just been like, I told said person, I'm gonna do this. But in your heart, you don't want to do it. You're not interested in doing it. And you you have to go back to that person and say, look, I know I told you I was going to do this, but I can't do it. I, I can help you find somebody else who can do it for you, but I, I'm tired and I can't. And while that doesn't help that person and it may not be doing good, you are trying to do good by revealing your true and honest heart. And I think a lot of us have to come out of that place where we feel like being Christian is a place where we have to do for other people. But the reality is we're doing good to people. And sometimes doing good to people is being honest about who you are and where you are in this season. Another one is always be joyful. Man, friends, always. Not when we want to, not when things are going good. That means when things are going bad, when the world is tipped over, where you question even turning on the TV because you are afraid of the news. When you refuse to scroll through Facebook, you still have to be joyful because God gave us life. He gave us breath. He gave us air. And I know I have had a conversation with myself and I'm like, God, I 
I hate that sometimes the only thing I can be grateful for is my life and my health. But then I'm like, man, that was selfish. That was real fleshly because there's so many other things. Like I have family. My family is safe. Everyone is covered by the blood of Jesus. We have no worries. You know, our finances are still taken care of. And I'm up here whining and moaning because I can't eat the food I want to eat because, you know, the budget is tighter than normal. I think we, we really have to understand that joy is a state of being okay and content with where God has placed us. It's, it's, a, it's an all-encompassing peace that rests on us when we know even in our darkest moments, God's right there with you. That's joy. Joy is not running up and, and shouting all the time. And, and that's in my opinion. If, if you have other opinions, I'm perfectly okay with it. But in my opinion, joy is that knowing that he has plans for good for us and not to harm us and to prosper and give us hope. And if he has those plans for us, that even this horrid moment that I'm in right now is a moment that's about to shift me into my next blessing. It's about to shift me into my next lesson. And God is trying to teach me something in this season and I need to hush, you know? And another one is be thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances. I think that goes right along with joy, you know, I'll never give up, you know, always be joyful in that situation and be thankful because that negative moment is a a lesson God was trying to teach us. That stressful moment was a moment where God was trying to show us patience. You know, everything that is happening, we have to be grateful for, you know, in this season, there are a lot of upsets, you know, we've dealt with death. We dealt with sickness in our families. Everybody's been dealing with things, you know, losses of jobs, you know, uncertainty. And when you look at your family, we have to be thankful for those moments because some of those moments bring us together. You know, when I think about some of the the friends that I've had that have lost their jobs, you know, things are not easy for them, but they've been able to spend time with their families. They've been able to hug their children and and teach them lessons. And it's not perfect, but God has a way of, of creating a, an oasis in the middle of a storm. You know, when we think of the eye of the storm, it's the quietest place, you know, it's, it's a still place. So, you know, we just, we have to be grateful for those moments because God is always teaching. Um, he's always helping us to learn in those seasons. And then the last one is never stop praying. And I I was in a group and I gave a short lesson on this and I was talking about never stop praying. What does that mean? And I think for me, it means every in everything go to God. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm on my knees for 18 hours a day. No, that's not what it is. It's when you're in the kitchen cooking and someone crosses your mind, it's you saying, God, just protect them. You know, if if you're in the shower and all of a sudden a song comes to your spirit, just God, whoever this song needs to be sung over, just sing a song over their hearts. You know, it's a simple prayer. It doesn't have to be, you know, long. Or if somebody's name pops up, check on them and say, hey, do I need to pray for you? What can I pray for? Um, just put yourself in a position where you're ready to hear and seek him at any moment. And it can be while you're pumping gas, you know, just God, I thank you for the ability to fill my tank up because, you know, just like you fill me up, I can, I can fill my tank up and I can go where I need to go. So, you know, just those simple prayers and they take like two seconds and 
I think when we think of pray without ceasing, never stop praying, it's this like, we think of, you know, Sarah, we think of those people who just spent their whole lives dedicated to worshiping in the temple. And that's not always the case. I mean, it, it's the case in some cases, but it, it doesn't have to look the way people think it looks, you know. A prayerful life can simply be a life where you're constantly in conversation with God. Like, think of it as like a text message. Like, hey, let me send God this text real quick. And then you wait for the response. A lot of times we'll send 17 text messages and not wait for him to respond for anything. And then you're just like, man, I can't even hear his voice because I am constantly pushing out things where my mouth is not closed long enough to hear from him. So sometimes prayer is being quiet long enough for God to speak to us. So in all of this, I realized that God is a God of absolutes. Okay. When we think of the words, everyone, all, always, never, those are what we call in English as a teacher, absolutes. And I just, my mind was blown. I was like, God is a God of absolutes. There's no gray area. There, There's no nothing. He is a God of absolute. God is an absolute God and he doesn't want us to become conditional servants or servants of convenience. He doesn't want us to try to be good people when it's convenient for us. He wants us to do good in all things, you know, absolutes are usually always avoided in writing because in most cases there is an exception exception to the premise. So we never say always when writing a paper because there's usually an exception for God. There are no exceptions. Never stop praying. Like you have to do that. Now, does God know your heart and does he know that you are striving towards never? Yes. So when he says try to do good, he already understands that we're going to fall short, but that doesn't mean we stop trying. Um, so I say all this to say that there are some non-negotiables, but those non-negotiables do not have to weigh like a heavy burden on your heart. They're just guidelines for life. Some things that we can add. And if we only want to work on one at a time, we can work on one at a time. If we want to push forward and and say, I'm going to try all of these this week, that's great. But God knows that we are going to do our best. We're going to try and he's going to cover us. So I hope something bless you today. And just remember, there are no negotiations when it comes to making sure that we do what God has called us to do. All right. I really hope you were blessed by that. You know, I was reading from first Thessalonians five and verse 14 through 18. And if you want to go back and look at that, just read the whole book. It's a quick read. You can read it in about 35, 40 minutes and just sit and resonate on all the things that were, were said, um, in that season. But also if you have some time, join us in our Facebook group, it's called spiritual sticky notes. And we have a really good time. You can follow me at I am Ed Minister on Instagram. Um, we share daily. We talk. Um, we go, share our playlist. You name it, we do it. But um, thank you for joining me, and I hope to see you again next week.